You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Um, I would love to see Lefty get a good uh, a coach, a coaching opportunity. Byron. Byron, yep. Uh, um, you know, if they want to go defense again, I would love to see Coach Bowles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the history of Minnesota, they all they always tend to, you know, pick defensive minded coaches. Um, and if they want to go that route, I think Bowles would be a great pick. You know, just not only what he what he was able to do over the last, you know, two seasons, but his resume as far as his defense in general. How about Patrick Peterson getting in on the? Oh yeah. The lifestyle. That shows. That's a fun show. I it like is. that show. Mm-hmm. All spe- things covered. Yeah. yeah, he speculates pretty well for a guy who's active. So I appreciate that. He does. Yeah, and uh, and he's not under contract with the Vikings, so it remains to be seen. And I I take him back. I don't want him making a, a huge chunk of money while the Vikings try to fix a million other things. But well, they're going to need cornerbacks next year, regardless of what this thing looks like. This is Mackie and Judd Feedback Friday, where we take all of your comments, questions, concerns. Um, really anything that you want to throw at us via the Score North app. You can also hit us up on Twitter, the YouTube comment sections. And uh, ordinarily, we do like 20, 30 minutes feedback. We have so much feedback this week because the Vikings fired everybody. <laughs> There's a couple wild ones in here, too, um, that we're just going to devote the entire Friday show today to your feedback and your questions. And let's start with this one. This is from DJ on Twitter. And uh, he brings, a, I think, a, a concern that a lot of fans have have had this week. He says, I tune into you guys daily for Vikings news I have for years. Love the show. Love you guys. Thank you. Uh, I have a question regarding the eight Vikings GM candidates. Maybe you can help me. Like you've stated, these aren't household names. But after you guys introduce them to us with your shows, honestly, I'm not getting a warm and fuzzy feeling. They just don't seem like the cream of the crop. Where's Ed Dodds, for instance? Is it uh, down to just these eight candidates? Will there be more after the Vikings interview these eight? Maybe this job isn't as coveted as we think. I don't know. I'm a little bummed. I guess I will trust our organization to make the correct decision. But as of right now, I'm not too excited. Anyways, thanks for hearing me complain. Uh, Keep trying to bring Super Bowls to Minnesota school. So Ed Dodds is, I'm curious on that one myself because we very much thought that he was going to be in the mix and I'm almost positive he was on that list so yeah. I don't know if he told them no thanks I, I don't know something happened there that I don't know uh Will McClay who, who I think is definitely a hot name said no thanks I'm getting another big raise from my pal Jerry Jones and staying in Dallas yeah I don't know what the rest of those names though like if you're supposed to get a warm and the warm, fuzzy feeling, I think, more so to the point, to the uh, questions point off the top was, you know, it's like a coaching list. It's like, oh, yeah, that guy and that guy, and I know that guy, and that's a hot name. I don't think GMs fall in that same realm. And keep in mind, 
GM searches are rare, like especially in this town for this team. The Vikings, Spielman had been here for 16 years, but he had only been officially GM since 2012. And prior to that, they didn't have a GM. So I don't think you're supposed to get the the um, comfortable, I really like this list feeling in this case. I don't think it's the fault of the Vikings. I don't think it's the fault of the candidates. I just think, again, we're going behind a curtain that we don't often go behind, and that makes it much tougher to embrace, uh, oh, yeah, the guy from the Titans. Yeah. You don't know him. Yeah, well, and, and it's not like there's a bunch of materials out there, you know, when you when when it comes to be draft time in April and the two weeks leading up. The amount of information you can gather about players that your team might draft is endless, right? You can read scouting reports. You can watch full games. There's all 22 film. You can you can watch YouTube highlight clips, whatever you want. Like, I've been watching a lot of uh, Carson Strong videos this last week because I yeah, you think gotta, he's one of the best quarterbacks. He's fun to watch. you got to broaden your world out, Phil. you got to broaden your, your YouTube <laughs> world out a little bit in no, a good I will. way. I'll, I'll get there. I'll, I'll watch some left guard YouTube film at some point. But, like, there <laughs> – there is no tape for like Catherine Raish, right? And the job that she's doing in front offices. You don't Ryan Poles doesn't have like endless amounts of scouting reports about him as a GM candidate. So right. um it's uh I think in terms of like is this an underwhelming list? I don't know what you would compare it to. Like these are like three of the people on this list were finalists for GM jobs last year. So you're you're kind of flying blind. Even, I, the Wilfs are even kind of flying blind a little bit. Like, they're gathering intel on the third-ranking executive in a different organization, right? Yes. And they don't have a history of hiring a lot of front office executives. Right. So, yeah, I guess maybe this isn't the answer that Vikings fans want, but there is a pretty sizable risk that they could whiff on the GM hire. Well, and, yeah. and like, I, I would challenge people right now and us too so i'm including us start rattling off names of current gms right like hey let's name all the like coaches okay quarterbacks for sure okay now start naming all the gms i mean i'm sure that a lot of people can name some but my point being is even when they get the job they're not exactly national household names yes that's correct So I don't know if I don't, DJ. I don't know if we did anything to make you make you feel better there, but don't feel bad. Don't feel bad about it. Like don't don't be too concerned because you just don't like get a good feeling from the list. I don't think this list in particular is meant to be like, oh yeah, that's the home run hire. And, and I will say there are some consensus smart people on this list, and again, people that have been validated by becoming finalists for other jobs, people that are being validated by three other organizations looking to interview them. I mean, Ryan Poles interviewed yesterday with the Giants, right? So it's not like these are – it's not just a random list of eight here. Right, correct. And and if, if Rick Spielman had gotten the GM job back in 2006 when he was originally hired by the Vikings um, or or we had been more in the era that we are now, the pushback against Rick would have been huge. Because it basically would have been like, hold on, this guy was a scout, had a had basically a cup of coffee as the GM with the Dolphins. The Dolphins didn't do great back then. Mm. So my point being is is it's not like Rick was like this household name himself. It's just a it's a tougher search to to conduct, yeah. and it's probably a tougher search to sell because it's it's hard to quantify. Oh yeah, that person 
guy or gal is good for sure. Yep. All right, Sheldon here, Feedback Friday via Twitter. He says, I was listening to your show, and I heard you guys bring up Ryan Poles, the Chiefs front office executive I just mentioned. I think it should be mentioned that he was more than likely a big part of the decision-making that led to the Chiefs basically scrapping their offensive line and spending big in free agency to remake it, and then drafting arguably the best rookie offensive lineman in Creed Humphrey to protect their most important player, Pat Mahomes. I want someone who understands the importance of having an offensive line and how to build one successfully. Your thoughts. I will say, and I did a uh, a short video on my Instagram account yesterday, too, just saying, like, hey, this is all kind of a crapshoot if you're not involved in the behind-the-scenes conversations, which obviously we aren't. But Ryan Poles is really fascinating to me because some some of this is, you know, what culture are you a part of? Of course, are you helping to drive that culture or are you just a passenger? And that's what you have to figure out here. But the Chiefs' secret sauce, people are going to say, well, it's Pat Mahomes. Well, but let's go back. The Chiefs' secret sauce includes being a playoff team for, I think, multiple years and having a really good quarterback, not great, but a really good, solid, safe quarterback in Alex Smith, which is kind of where the Vikings are at, maybe a step further back because the Vikings aren't a playoff team. And they said it's not good enough, just like the Wolf said. And that front office said we're going to trade up 17 spots in the first round of the draft for a guy that we think could have huge upside, but also, like, we got to mold him. What all went into that process? What made them what made them decide that, yep, we've hit a glass ceiling and these are the aggressive moves that we need to make to go forward? And then how did they build the offensive line? How did they maximize Patrick Mahomes and get him to play at like, you know, his ninety-fifth percentile, all those things? Was Ryan Poles the reason for all of this? No. Like there's a, a lot of smart people in that organization. He wasn't the general manager. But if if he was a driving force for some of these things, that's a really interesting potential hire for me the thing too that that i think the um the process that these people are going to go through when they sit down with the wilfs and this committee of people that the vikings have uh, put together to vet the candidates and this is what i'm curious about too a person like polls um how much did he and how smart is he did he learn too because you know clearly there is there's a case to be made that particularly in the, um, with the Chiefs, Andy Reid, who, by the way, had a ton of success in a very long head coaching stint in Philadelphia, um, but he didn't get o- over the top. And he clearly learned. Like the whole the whole transitioning from Smith to Mahomes is something that he didn't do with the Eagles, where he had McNabb for a long time. And so what I, what I would love to, to know too, and I don't know how much you can actually quantify this, but it would be interesting is how much did these people learn during their time working for smart football people? And because like, if, if you learned, that's great. Um, And again, that's why I keep going back to, I think you need to get candidates who are confident, but they, what they can't be is arrogant. Yes. So, you, like, you're confident, you learn, but you're not like, well, this is how I did it. Like, don't, like, and give credit out, too, right? Like, like if you learn from certain people, credit them. Don't, like, claim, oh, yeah, I I saw this and thought that this is what we should do. Yeah, I, I would add, too, that, you know, obviously everyone has an ego to some extent, but you got, you're, you're going to whiff. 
you're going to whiff on draft picks. You're going to whiff on free agents. You're just you're not going to bat a thousand. Even the the Aussie Newsoms, the great GMs in NFL history, are are going to make mistakes. You can't cling to. Well, no, like this was my guy. This was my evaluation. Like Garrett, Garrett Bradbury is a great example. Did they really need to run him out there for a third season? Like what? What? What were they? He was he was billed as one of those draft ready off or or uh, starting week one ready offensive linemen when he was drafted, and after two years, it's like he's a backup. You know, so be comfortable with being wrong. Sometimes sure. don't don't cling to wrong personnel moves a year or two years beyond what you should. Sure, and uh, I don't be willing to admit that you maybe don't know everything too, and seek people that might be smarter than you in certain areas. Um, Dex, did you have a thought there? Well, I I think the Ryan Pulse thing is interesting just because, yeah, he did play a big part in that offensive line rebuild. I mean, you have to also remember that Mahomes lowered his cap hit too and spread it out so they could build up that offensive line and go get Joe Tooney and others. And Pulse is a former offensive lineman. The dude was a, was a lineman at BC, and I, I do think he probably is, if we can recklessly speculate, probably is on that short list of these eight candidates that probably, if you want to, put the odds on who gets the job the most, he might be one of the most sought after guys in the NFL right now. Yeah. And he just, he just interviewed with the giants and the giants are interviewing a few more today. So the giants mm-hmm. are like probably five days ahead of the Viking schedule. And that's what you have to wonder whether it's, whether it's uh polls or somebody else. Let's say the giants come back on Saturday and they're like, all right, we've interviewed six candidates. This is our guy. We're going to make an offer. You know? Okay. Then, can he drag his feet and, and, you know, hey, I got an interview with the Vikings on Tuesday. And this is where I wonder about the timing of all this. I'm, I'm fine with them not rushing this, but some of these candidates that the Vikings have on their list are interviewing with other teams right now. And they might get offers. And uh-huh. then, it gets, then it gets interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, Chansey and Fargo, our good friend from Deadline, right. he chimes in via the Score North app. Heard you guys talking about the Vikings aiming for 2023 to compete. With that in mind, why not just let Cousins play out his $45 million cap hit next year? The salary cap will hurt the Vikings' ability to upgrade the roster, but that in turn will hurt their record, which leads to a higher draft pick. So uh, Then you have a clean break from his salary entering the 2023 offseason, a higher draft pick, and uh, because you'll have to play young players on the cheap to fill holes, that'll help you identify some future guys with upside. Thoughts? I could see this. I could. Um, I think that there needs to, to be, and I'll go back to saying this, a remaking of the locker room itself and, and a change in uh, in culture and philosophies. But you know what? I could see this happening. Because if you, if you say, well, we could make a run best case at the seventh seed, but we're not a championship team. Mm-hmm. And we can't really trade Kirk and, and, I don't think I think the one thing I could say with personally complete confidence there are those who will disagree completely with this statement is I don't think a new administration is going to extend Kirk. So like I don't think and there are people out there that think oh yeah no Judd Judd Phil and Declan you guys are wrong they're going to extend him I don't think so personally. I agree. But what Chancey just said and we have not discussed this a ton it's a possibility because because the cap's going up, it would hurt you cap wise. But if you don't con- consider yourself a championship team, and then starting in twenty three, when more than Kirk, as far as high contract guys potentially are going to be gone, you've got a ton of room to go into March of twenty three to spend um, 
and really remake your roster. I don't think Chancey's wrong. I, I don't I don't think it's ideal, but I also don't think it's necessarily wrong. I have heard buzz. Reckless speculation. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. Oh yeah. Oh, I hear some buzz. buzz. Dex, you hear? Dex, you hear the buzz? That's not feedback. Yes, it's buzz. I have heard buzz <laughs> that the discussions surrounding the new hires and the direction of the organization that trading Kirk Cousins is very much top of mind. Mm-hmm. That they're going to explore it, and and that would be the argument against this. If you decide we're not going to extend him, the new GM and the new coach are going to come in and say, I mean, he's fine, but like, even if he gives us kind of a you know, hometown discount here. It's going to be 30 plus million dollars. It's still going to be, you know, 15 plus percent of your salary cap. He's 34. Like this might be your only shot as a GM coach. You're going to want, you're going to want to draft someone. That's, that's almost always how this works. Unless you inherit Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson or somebody. So if you've decided extensions off the table, they're going to try and trade him because if they, if they think they can get a second round pick or something, some sort of an asset, then you would absolutely take that. But, if it became a situation where the quarterback needy teams were filling their spots with Aaron Rodgers and then, you know, Russell Wilson gets traded or something and you're just sort of screwed in the game of quarterback musical chairs, then do you have to attach a draft pick to to a team? I don't think so. I think a team would still give a draft pick for Kirk. Uh-huh. But we won't we probably won't know until the, the buzz really hits in, in February. Yep. And and this is partially going to depend too on what the new GM and coach, um, if they're like, well, 2022 almost should be a lost cause. Like we just not go- going to do much, and we don't care if we contend for that uh, final playoff spot or two in the conference. I'm just saying I could see this. I I think the thing that they're going to explore is a trade. And I disagree with those who think you'll get nothing for Kirk. I think you'll get something. And, and I think it's going to surprise us. Um, but the, all, all of that being said, I think there's a better chance that they hold on to him and play him next year on that ridiculous cap hit. than then they extend him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so let's say that happens and, and you, you sit on that $45 million cap hit right now, you're $11 million over the salary cap. You have to clear room. You're going to have to clear at least like 17 or $18 million just to account for your draft picks, mm-hmm. let alone free agents that you might sign that might cost five, 10, $15 million. Yeah. So playing Kirk on that cap hit is, is really waving the white flag next year, unless you feel like, and, and some people might, and this there is a case to be made here. If you feel like a new offensive minded coach and a new coordinator is going to lift you a couple extra wins or something, they're not, if Kirk is your quarterback and you run this thing mostly back with similar personnel, yep. you're not going to be a total dumpster fire. Like you're going to be competitive. Right. You're going to be six, seven, eight wins. I think at worst, yep. if everyone stays fairly healthy. Uh-huh. So do you know what I would like to see almost in, in a vindictive way though? Do, do you know what, what could be great fun? <laughs> what could be great fun is if, if they come in, the new people sit down with Kirk and they're, they're like, okay, what can we do, Kirk? And he's like, nothing. I love my contract. Okay. And they don't trade him. They That would give you license to start jettisoning veteran guys who are who are still okay, but they're not like key to, to 2023. And then just blame Kirk. 
<laughs> oh, you liked Harrison you Smith, the, Vikings fans? The oh, I'm sorry. We had to keep Kirk. Didn't you want to keep Kirk? I thought you loved Kirk. Oh, Adam Thielen was one of your favorite. Oh, no, we couldn't do him and Kirk. Now he's gone. You know whose fault it is? Kirk's. That's how you would. That's how you would roll. You would come in here and, and, fans just, would, and then would get like, fired you can't do after that. Like, it's all. You know what? Don't talk to me. Talk to eight. Talk to eight. Yeah. Talk to eight. Talk to mystery meat guy. Uh, Jerry Beach via the Score North app. Excuse me. Says, uh, how would you people feel if we went with a guy like Matt Burke to run the front office? Matt is part of the. <laughs> Matt is part of the leadership within the Players Union currently as the NFL Director of Football Development. Matt is also a Harvard grad, was a Hall of Fame player at an important position in the NFL, played for the Vikings, won a Super Bowl, the Ravens, etc. He should know a thing or two about quarterback play, which is important in today's game. The list goes on and on. This would be the kind of hire that would bring a fresh perspective and should be able to construct a coaching staff and a roster that would compete at a high level. Would you consider Matt Burke? To run things. The future governor of this fine state has no time to be GM of the Vikings. That's even scarier he, than him being the GM, <laughs> Judd. I just want to point that out. If he ran for governor, we already voted Jesse Ventura wrestler in yeah. 20 plus years ago. I, th- I don't oh, think yeah. we could resist voting a Vikings I'm just saying he player. doesn't have time. So speaking for Berkey, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm a. Uh, I'm out on I'm that. good on I'm good on I'm good on Burke as the as the GM of this football team. Yeah. Uh Nate B via the Score North app. Just curious, why are you guys afraid to curse on your show since you're not on the radio anymore? It's fun to hear every once in a while when you guys are getting really into a debate or topic. I think Boone's the only one that does that, uh, even though we've told him not to. Uh, Not that you need to swear every other word. Totally get it if it's for ads or how you market your brand. Anyways, keep up the great work and cheers to a new chapter in Vikings effing football. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think, well, so we we work for the company that... uh, that writes our checks every couple weeks is Harvard Broadcasting, and it's more like the the the, the FCC sort of um, code for what you can and can't say on the radio. They'd like us to uphold that on podcast and YouTube, and a lot of the stuff that we do on podcast and YouTube also still runs on the radio from five to six p.m. But uh, maybe we should just start like one episode a week. Where every sentence, it's like like the Dan Band. Like we just yeah. sneak in random f bombs and stuff. Well, I I think uh, it was AMC with with Breaking Bad. They were allowed one f bomb a season, and if you go back, okay. there's there's literally only, and it's very strategically put, and it, it even like adds into the to the suspense of the show and they drop it. Um, but the funny part is, is like when and I've almost come close to swearing on this podcast. I almost said one on the hockey show with Judd yesterday. And Kirk has almost made me swear a few times on this show. <laughs> but the funny part is, is like when I go on other podcasts and people have said this to me before too, they've noticed it like, you know, you can why don't you swear? Like I can tell you're about to. And it's like, well, now I'm so trained and conditioned not to swear on, on a podcast or when I have a hot mic on that it just it, it doesn't really come out. And it's it's kind of funny that it, that now my brain's kind of brainwashed into that mode. You're also like you're sitting in a radio studio, and if someone like hit a wrong button or something, yeah. and you broadcast an f bomb, then you get fired by management. And I don't know. Did you guys want to hear us swear? I guess maybe that's the next topic for next Feedback Friday. Do you want to hear us swear more? A little casual. F-bomb I'd love to unleash if we can. Oh, do, do you know who would be great? Turn Patrick loose. Oh, God. Oh, my, oh my God. Well, well oh, there's, been, there's been a couple times where. So, Pat, here's a Hit story. It's a little inside baseball here. We've all worked with, with Royce. He, so I did a, I did a, 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 four years, him and I did a three-hour radio show together. 
And we would sit across the desk from each other. And we each had our little on-off microphone buttons. And we took, you know, 12 commercial breaks in a three-hour show. And this is not exaggeration. Minimum five or six times every single show, five days a week for four years, he would be done with a segment and then forget to turn his microphone off. And so he would, like, lean back. Oh, no. And then he would yeah, start to talk off mic, and you'd have to like, dive over the counter and hit the <laughs> off button on his microphone. And there's a clip that uh, we have saved still in the in the archives where I uh, forgot to turn his microphone off. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to say what he said, but uh, he went on a rant about something for like three seconds quickly with at least one or two words that you definitely can't say on the radio. He thought his mic was off. It made it over the air during a 1500 ESPN sports update. <laughs> he was watching, I'm, I believe, an LPGA oh. event. Yeah, yeah, yes. And yeah. someone <laughs> someone smacked the ball into the water. So let's just, yeah. you can probably figure out what he said afterwards. But it is one of the best <laughs> things I have ever heard. <laughs> it really is. I'm just saying turning Patrick loose would be, oh, yeah. let's just say it'd be fun. And as yeah. as a radio producer, because everyone has a dump button, like mine's there. You guys had like a literal nuke red button that says dump over it. The best part of that clip is hearing the dump button being clicked about 600 times. <laughs> just <laughs> hammering <laughs> it. <laughs> no, you only have to hit it once. You only have to hit it once, but it was. But when someone says what he said, you feel like you have to hit it 100 times. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Um, all right. Feedback Friday here. <laughs> little Feedback Friday on Mackie and Judd. Let's, uh, let's keep it rolling here. Presented by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been around for over 100 years, and they've been helping business owners maximize the success of their business. They basically act as a, I was going to say, competent offensive line. They're much more than that. It's like, a, like an all-pro offensive line for your business, shielding you against potential risks and things that could Put a dent in your business. Find out more about how my shield can protect you and just find out more about the resources and people that Federated offers at federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, Feedback Friday continues here on Mackie and Judd. Stoneweight 2018 on the YouTube comment section says, totally disagree with Patrick Royce about Kellen Moore. He's a brilliant offensive mind and has an established track record of excellence as an offensive coordinator, passing on hiring him because of his age, he's like 33, and having never been a head coach is akin to teams passing on Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay in 2017. Would you, do you view it that way with Kellen Moore that, boy, this is, I mean, I know that Declan does, but do you, do you think that he is the next Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and you would be foolish to pass on him? I, I personally would need, if I was the Wilfs, I would need to talk to him because I don't think age is nearly as important as personality. Um, again, I'll always go back to Mike Tomlin. He was a kid, and he was incredible. He was absolutely incredible. He had he had a demeanor and presence about him that that was far more impressive than than anybody else, in my opinion, in winter park in 2006. Okay. So like, I am not going to sit here and say age is a problem. Now, Clint Kubiak, it was, he was in, inexperienced. He was not confident. He, he had all of the red flags that you said, dude, you might be really good one day. Not now. 
Uh, but I would need to, beyond the fact that I think it's been established that Kellen Moore is very good at X's and O's in football, the most important thing to me, especially as a head coach, and Phil, we've talked about this a lot, to lead a group of men, like like you have to be respected. The most important thing would be to sit down and see how, how he carries himself. And on that one, I have no clue at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, th- there's been some whiffs on young offensive-minded guys. I mean, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy's not, like, super young, but Matt Nagy was a whiff. And Although Matt Nagy did take the Bears to the playoff twice. Mitch Trubisky, didn't they win, like, 12 games with Mitch Trubisky one year? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, he took them to the playoffs. Last. The, the, the pro- problem, that seven seed, though, which I think they snuck into last year, that seven seed is, uh, like, we're a playoff team. Are you really? Yeah. Now, now his first year was impressive. Um, ultimately, I think the problem with Matt was he had he had a lot of the same things that Brad had. They they were very similar in in like Matt was not nearly as big of genius as we thought. And and where I knew that the Bears were screwed was the was the kicker obsession, the double doink obsession. Yeah. It's like, are you serious? Like you're showing this to people in June. Are you an idiot? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of looking at NFL coaches in the playoffs right now too. It's incredible how many young offensive head coaches are leading playoff teams right now. And by young, I mean like 42 and younger. Matt Lafleur, 42 years old. Sean McVay, 35 years old. Zach Taylor, 38 years old. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, 42 years old. Nick Sirianni, who everyone kind of laughed at because of his weird, nervous yeah, opening press cool. conference. I mean, that was the Eagles are rebuilding this year and they're going to the playoffs. That is and impressive. dude, don't sleep on them. They might actually have a chance to upset in the first round here. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, 42 years old. And then Kevin Stefanski didn't make the playoffs, but he was the NFL coach of the year last year and basically yep. gave the Browns their peak moment since, uh, since, you know, coming back in 1999. He's 39 years old. So this is, this is definitely the trend right now in the NFL. How do you guys weigh this one, though? So the majority of names that you read off that list are attached to a quarterback who I would take in a heartbeat. Yep. Um, I think the one that impresses me the most, and I just like his presence, and I think he's very smart, and and I like how he sort of controls the room, is McVay. Um, like like Lafleur, I still don't know. I would love to see him separated from from Rogers just to see this, because I mean his record is impressive. I think he's good, but I don't know for sure. Shanahan, who I don't like his personality as much as McVeigh's, but those two impress me because I think they're doing it with quarterbacks who are good and have, but I don't think they're doing it with a quarterback who I would say, give me that guy right now. I think with more and comparing it to Shanahan too, you know, how much was Kyle's last name, like basically the nepotism a little bit, of him being giving a head coaching reins, how much did that play a factor of him being a Shanahan? Because like I don't remember when because he was in Washington pre San Francisco, right? He was the OC in Washington. I don't remember. He was he was like Falcons. a thirty year old offensive coordinator with Washington. With Washington yes. and, and actually Atlanta. he was the and, and he the was the, he was the Texans offensive coordinator in his late twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 2008, 2009. And clearly he was a smart dude. That's where like the parallels with Kellen Moore are legit. But I'd have to like go back and was Shanahan, did he have any leadership qualities? Because I think, I think that is honestly the bigger hang-up with Kellen Moore. They know Kellen Moore is a smart, innovative coordinator. I think anyone will say, yeah, that's, that's a fact. 
but is he a leader of men, as that cliche well, is thrown around? Shanahan is. Shanahan yeah. is. But did we know that in his 20s and 30s about Shanahan? Did we know that? Like, when did it blossom? Yes, correct. Yeah. correct. Well, that's the thing. It's like, so on paper, Kyle Shanahan became an offensive coordinator in the National Football League as a 28 or 29-year-old. And you're like, whoa. But of course, yeah. he probably doesn't get that job if his last name isn't Shanahan. So, yeah, it, you know, the jackpot would be that you identify a young, offensive-minded leader of men, and he is your 10-year head coach. And whether it's Kirk or somebody that you draft, you're maximizing quarterback, and you're playing a little bit more modern style. Also, like we've talked about this on the show before, God, like the Vikings, it, and I know that it worked in 2017 because they, you know, they won 13 games. But this defensive style of football, it just feels, it just feels off when you look at where they play. Like they play in this track meet indoor stadium, right? They're not taking advantage of the cold weather. And the best Vikings teams of the last 20 plus years are 1998 and 2009 track meet offensive football. Let's just go score 30-plus points every game and beat the breaks off teams. It's also a more fun style to watch as a fan, too. So I, I, that's, I'd love to see them lean into that. Let's, let's get back to high-octane offensive football here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just – the most important th- thing here is until you find the, the QB, um, you're, you can't, I don't think you can draw parallels to young offensive-minded coaches necessarily who have the guy. Joe Burrow's the guy, like Joe Burrow, and and that that's that could be great for a long time, but my question is with Moore, what's he like as well? So before he he has the guy, is he going to be good or does he need? Because you know, again, wouldn't you guys love to, to see Matt Lafleur on his own? Like I don't, I would love to see the Packers without a Hall of Fame quarterback for the first time. Yeah, in exactly. Years. Yes, but I mean, be, is Matt nice. Lafleur that that good? His quarterback is incredible. So, my point is, the one thing that you can't draw a direct line between right now is is a team that's got a young coach and a generational QB, and the Vikings, because they just don't have yet, at least. Hopefully, one day they do that quarterback. Of course, I think the counter argument there would be. Sean McVay took Jared Goff that's, to a Super Bowl. That's why I said tied in the fourth. Quarter. That's what I said. Shanahan Sh- took Jimmy. Jimmy Garoppolo is he's good. Mc, McVay, th- those are my those are my top two though. Look, like if you gave me this whole crop right now and said rank them, McVay's one. Mm-hmm. I I think McVay is the NFL better in game smart smarter PJ Fleck. He's super positive. He also thinks more about end game strategy and timeout. You say, oh no, he's things. a better coach. Mm-hmm. But but I'm saying personality wise, I think he brings a good vibe. Yeah, and I think players like that. But beyond beyond McVay and Shanahan, the rest of that list that you read, Phil, I think is tied to a quarterback. Where I'm like, okay, give me that quarterback too. Yeah, the other things too, like as you're as you're vetting head coaching candidates. Just think about the massive nature of that job, right? First of all, you got to keep 53 guys and a bunch of coaches on the same page and get them all believing in the same mission and vision. And like that is a whole thing in itself as a leader. Mm-hmm. But then schematically, you have to be sound, right? You can't just be playing checkers out there like the Vikings offense has been mm-hmm. while other teams are playing chess. And then, and then, so that's bin number two. And then bin number, th- and I would say bin number three is hiring. You can hire the right people that can, you know, do the scheming of your defense, whatever it is. 
But then there's this bin number four that I feel like gets overlooked all the time, and it bites the Vikings in the ass all the time. It bites the Gophers in the ass all the time. Clock and game management. Yes. End of half, yes. timeout usage, right? Yes. And it's like, I'm, I'm rowing the boat. I love me some P.J. Fleck. He checks all. He's, he's one of the best leaders, right? He can just he can get a room of football players to run through a wall. Yeah. You know, in terms of recruiting in college, they're bringing in four-star guys that never would have come here before P.J. Fleck. Biggest offensive line in college football. And then, like, schematically, I'm not in love with them running the ball 70% of the time. Like, the only three schools that run the ball more are Army, Navy, and Air Force. Not in love with that, but, you know, it's been, it's been working. They've been winning games. And then he's just so bad with timeout management and clock management and all that stuff. And it's, right. it's lost them some games. Right. So how do you, if you're, are you going to find a head coach that can legitimately check all four of those boxes? Leader of men, knows who to hire, right, schematically sound, and is great at end game chess. It's it's hard to check all four of those boxes. My new guy is going to accept my my suggestion and insistence that we hire a coach that manages the clock. And how would you I agree, by the way. And and, and, and like the Ravens have one, how do you implement that in a game? We're going to find a way, and I'm going to t- tell you right now, that paycheck is going to be because I'm not going to have an assistant linebackers coach. That's right. I'm going to get rid of the outside linebackers oh. coach, and I'm going to deign to have one man or woman, I don't care, coach linebackers because this No, league, we need two. We need we need two uh, yeah. linebackers Oh, and we coaches. need an assistant defensive backs coach, too. And we, but you got an inside linebackers nickel. coach, an outside we, linebackers we coach. We need someone to coach the nickel position. Bleep you. Here's what we're doing. Clock management. And, yes. and I, I actually think I don't. So so McVeigh had who was former golfer assistant Jed Fish who, who I think now is back in college he's he took Arizona a or something job yeah. yeah but Jed Fish was his game management guy mm-hmm. and and rule number one should be timeouts are the holy grail especially in the second half second half yes you yes. should not call timeout unless you absolutely have to you should always yes. have three timeouts in the second half of the fourth quarter yes. and what happens is like these guys PJ does this all the time. Okay, it's third and 12, and you're snapping the ball from your own 15-yard line. So, like, you're probably punting, right? And, uh, oh, God, the play clock's winding down, and there's confusion. Got to call, got to call timeout. No, actually, take the penalty. Yeah. I know. It it doesn't matter. No, I got to call timeout. What are you supposed to do? No, dude. You're so right. Calm down. Think about this. The Vikings, I think it was, was it the Browns game? On, On a field goal attempt? or an extra point, Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon Richardson, That's who right. was just on on the field on special teams. We're not lined up right. Call the timeout. It's okay. Now, in my opinion, that's <laughs> coaching. Think about all the crap that you work through, right? But Training then camp. Zimmer getting pissed about that led to Kirk not calling timeout yes. a couple weeks later. But, then Kirk being like, oh, been mad, but Mike <laughs> should have been mad at Mike. Think about all the crap in training camp that you go through situational, you know, we got to work and, and that's great. You know, we got to yeah. work on the, and, and you had a player, you've got to tell your players like that. Okay. Number one, I don't want a big fat guy calling timeouts. <laughs> if, Quarterback so difference. If you're over the weight of 270 yeah. no, pounds, but I mean, I would say if a lineman timeout. ever calls a timeout, I'm going to come out in the field and beat you up. Um, but if you think about th- those things, you got to get a coach who can help. And it's not like some terrible incrimination of, of of the head coach, right? 
oh, well, you don't know exactly how to. You're yeah. responsible for about 50 things during a game. So I mm-hmm. think it's fine. Yeah. All right. Um, next question here. Feedback Friday. Robert Wolf via the Score North app. He says, a coach-GM combo that the Wolves should consider. Jim Harbaugh at coach, near instant success, taking over bad teams with each job. Stanford, San Francisco, Michigan, mm-hmm. San Diego, too. Or San Diego State, whatever it was. With the 49ers, he drafted Kaepernick, but played Alex Smith for a year to groom him for the next year's Super Bowl run. And then the Ravens' Joe Horditz, director of college scouting. He had his fingers all over Ravens' quarterback selections. Ravens' front office and drafting is considered top-notch. Uh, that's the Ozzie Newsome DNA. And uh, and then he says, you know, Vic Fangio was was Jim Harbaugh's defensive coordinator with the Niners, so he could follow him. There's there is still some Jim Harbaugh buzz. He has not gotten an extension with Michigan that like everyone's like, oh, he's just leveraging for an extension. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's buzz that he's interested in the Chicago job. There's also buzz that he's interested in the Raiders. I have heard zero Jim Harbaugh Minnesota buzz it. or connections. I have not heard a thing. Now on on uh, Pat P's podcast. Brian McFadden said, and he didn't say the name, so it drove me crazy. Brian McFadden said, I'm hearing that the Dolphins are going to make a hire that's jaw-dropping. And he didn't say who. And, Pat, and of course, Peterson didn't push him because they're just, you know, they're buddies. you got to be careful. Yeah. Well, right. And, and so, like, he walked it up to the line. Yes. But he but he said this like I think I think he wanted Peterson to ask him who because he said it like three times. Um, so is that like Harbaugh or or I got one that I think he was going and I don't know this, but I'm just trying to guess. Reckless speculation. He said this to the point where I thought, I wonder if he's talking about Belichick. What? Leaving the Patriots. Because he kept saying it like this is going to be jaw dropping, like this is going to shock you, and I don't think Harbaugh would shock you. He he kept saying it, and he, Harbaugh I think he, would be a shock to a lot of people to Miami. I feel like anyway, it was like really weird, and Saban, it was Saban back to Miami to coach Tua, the quarterback it, that brought up national guy, championship number it, six or whatever. It was <laughs> almost like he's like Brian Flores got fired for a reason because they've got a guy. I'm trying to think of other. I'm not. I'm just. Shocking jaw dropping. Who would be names. absolutely jaw dropping? Bill Parcells. He ain't coming. He's at the horse track Jimmy right now. Johnson coming back. Maybe maybe this is the time Jimmy for Bill Cowher. It's been 16 years. Everyone's everyone's thought that Bill Cowher was going to come out of retirement at some point. I just wonder if Dolphins. I just wonder if uh, where where things stand between Belichick and Kraft post post TB because yeah, Kraft think. loved Brady. Uh, Brady, he loved him like a son. Yeah. Uh, on Harbaugh, I, I don't think there's any chance he. I don't think there's any Minnesota connection there. But right, he he Alex Boone has talked about him a lot on our Tuesday episodes of Purple Daily. His teams win, and his team it, it it's like a four year burnout factor with him. Yeah, and and they kind of got to that point with Michigan. They almost fired him, and then they. They basically wiped out the coaching staff, brought in a bunch of young assistants, and then they finally beat Ohio State this year. But it would be uncomfortable. It would be abrasive. He'd probably burn the bridge with ownership in the front office within four or five years. But there's also a good chance you'd go play in a Super Bowl. So, okay. depends on what you want. You know? I do. Uh, 
I do think there's no question at this point because the steam keeps coming. The Vikings are behind the scenes looking into college coaches. Well, we know Lane. We know Lane Kiffin, right? Matt Campbell now has come yeah. up. We're gonna. I'm the, just the I'm Matt just Campbell saying, thing. By the way, wait, we're gonna we're gonna dive into that on Purple Daily. So definitely wait check for that it for out. a second. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. That's right. There's buzz. buzz. There's buzz, buzz in the college ranks. Well, Denny Green was was a college hire, second best coach in Vikings history. It's a college. It was also thirty years ago. Uh, I think I think a lot of these college coaches and Harbaugh might be at the same point. This NIL stuff is so it's a huge pain in the ass for these guys, right? If now if you have a front if you yeah. have a, an athletic department that's like, yeah, well, let's build some structure here, let's form some connections and get some million dollar checks out to players. But if you're part of an organization that isn't organized with it, it's so, like think about all the things you already have to deal with as a head coach. It's yes. it's just a huge pain in the ass factor. And and the biggest I, I think the biggest problem is the attractive thing about the college jobs, you had complete control of the players and the kids and basically and now yeah, yeah, between don't. that and the transfer portal, yeah, you guys don't just peace out. And so, yeah, I think that there's a lot of guys who are go- going to say, hold on a second here. This ain't this ain't nearly as much fun when I can't dominate the roster and tell them what to do. Yes. Um, uh, Nikki Tesla chimes in on the YouTube comment section. You guys are becoming Paul Allen. Whatever you say, we should expect the opposite. Listen, we're I mean, we're what? wrong quite a bit here. I feel like we've kind of nailed this whole Viking season, though. Yeah. And we're the ones that said people were going to be fired or at least moved in Spielman's case, and he was and he was ultimately fired. Also, let's yeah, be honest here, okay? That's not nice. From what we've gathered, it sound, sounds, like, uh, sounds like the guy that you're referencing spent several days, if not weeks, basically, like, chastising anyone that suggested that there's going to be major changes to the organization. So let's, uh, let's, not, let's not put us all in the same bin here. I mean, we're not right a lot, so that is fair, but... Yeah. Uh, Bert Mustin on YouTube says, I'd listen to offers on Dalvin Cook this offseason. So Dalvin is twenty, going to be 27. His 2022 cap hit is $12 million. He's, he's definitely one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL. There's still like $9 million in dead cap based on the, so they, get, they gave him a big signing bonus when he signed that new contract and they're, and they're spreading that out throughout the, the length of the deal. But, I don't know how much it would save you in cap, but like if I guess the reason why you would trade Dalvin is listen, we're 2023 is kind of the goal, and he's going to be in his late 20s by then. He's already been banged up a lot. If you felt like some team would give you a second round pick, I don't know how many teams would give you a second round pick for a running back at this point, though. I so, agree. It's tough. Yeah, that yeah, that position that that is so difficult. He's he's so good, but he's never but healthy. Guys get hurt. He all makes the time. too much money. And and at some point he is going to go off the cliff. Yeah. And by the way, like That's what history tells us. He's the best running back on the team, but like how let's say they traded him. Vikings fans, how bad would you really feel if Alex Madison and Kane Wangwu were your two running backs? You know, I I'd roll with those two guys. Give me an offensive line that can Wong make some Wu. room. Wangwu, man, you get some passing plays going with him. No, run the speed. No, run the ball hey, between yeah. the guards. That, that's the thing is it's not the personnel. I want to talk about what the offense could look like. Yes. Yes. Uh, Dan Fontaine via the YouTube comment section. You guys are nuts. If you want, I think this is more directed at Judd because he just wants to get rid of every Ring of Honor player on this roster. Uh, you guys they are nuts. They don't get in the Ring of Honor, Phil. 
while these three guys will, you guys are nuts to get rid of Kendricks, Thielen, and, and Harrison Smith. It's a total rebuild if you do that. And those three are absolutely ring of honor. Are you disputing that those three are ring of honor players? Thielen is for sure. Harrison Smith is 100% a ring Oh, yeah, yeah. Smith might be a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. And Eric Eric Kendricks? And Kendricks is... Kendricks is the third one on that list. I think he I think he makes it because he's well liked as Isn't well. Isn't Greenway a Ring of Honor guy? Not yet. No, he, no, he think a, he's that's, yet. That's, he will. not yet. He will. He will though. be. It takes some time though. Um all right. Here's the thing about this league. It's not a rebuild because you have to clear guys out before they go off the cliff. And this is a sport where they go off the cliff. Just because you have their jerseys doesn't mean the team needs to keep them. Harrison Smith is the prime example at his payday of a guy you want to get out on a year before and tell him thank you. And I would help him get to a team where he can win a Super Bowl. Uh, But there's this weird notion that you need to hang on to players in football. I Look, I've seen this film before, man. You hang on to players, it's ugly. It's unnecessary. This is a great time to celebrate the work that some of these veterans have done and then stare at their contracts and say, are they going to help us in 2023? Absolutely. Well, and and who are their potential replacements? I'm going to tell you right now, wide receiver depth chart, pretty attractive to me. Pretty attractive. K.J. Osborne has turned himself into a player. Yeah, Marcel. Just Justin Jefferson is is so good. I mean, you need to get people here who can scheme him open, but if you do, it changes the the dynamic. Have, have you guys ever seen a guy statistically have as good of a year as Jefferson, but if you watch the games to know that there was so much more? It is nuts, yeah. It is. It, like I, I feel like people should be talking about him as like right up there with Chase, right? As the best wide receiver in the NFL. And I think he's viewed as a oh. tier two guy. Oh, I hope yeah, he's not. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh Chronosify on YouTube says Laugh out loud. These broskies think that there is a quarterback that can even be drafted this year. Um <laughs> Bros I love the word broski. That's us? The Matt Cardona. Um Dude. So this is definitely being billed as a weak quarterback class mm-hmm. compared to other years. But I would strongly urge people to look at basically every draft ever. There's almost always a guy or two that becomes a good quality starter, even in the weak years. And even like if you get a chance, you know, we've talked about these two guys. Go check out Malik Willis. Go check out Carson Strong. And you're telling me with the right offensive-minded, competent coaching staff that those guys couldn't be molded into really good starting quarterbacks on rookie-scale contracts, by the way? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't – listen, this is not last year's quarterback class or two years, like the Joe Burrow class. But there's some dudes in here, if developed the right way, could be really valuable, especially on rookie-scale contracts. And mm-hmm. I think the Vikings should have their eye out. Yeah, And if there's not, that's fine, too. Like, like the one thing is you need to get people in, in here who are confident enough in their abilities to identify that position where they are going to strike when it's hot. So, like, I don't – so do the Broskis think, oh, the Vikings should win a Super Bowl in 2022, make a run? They're not going – they shouldn't. No, that's not the point here. The point is to get – the point is to, honest to God, answer a question and, a, and solve a problem that has been a problem here for how long? Like, we're talking about this team – eventually should get a generational franchise quarterback. 
It would be so much fun. You, it's so much I don't, fun. I don't think in your lifetimes, the both of you, you have truly seen that here. I mean, D- Dante popped, but then he got hurt. Yeah. Um, it, fe- it felt that way for four years with Dante. Yeah. But we beyond that, young enough, no way. impressionable enough. Yeah. It's been a, it's been an amazing 30 years of quarterback I saw the end of Tarkington. Chairs. Okay. Like, think about that for a second. And Tommy Kramer was a franchise quarterback. Just a, a totally different era too. And he wasn't like hall of fame caliber, but, right. uh, and then one more here. Somebody has a, a wild question for Judd's hockey show that we can sneak in here. Alex Barrett via the score North app says, I'm so incredibly sick of these Canadian teams holding the rest of the league hostage. Either buck up and play the games or leave the league. No playoffs, no cup until COVID is done, and then join again while finally having a year where we can hope for a possible championship, and the Canadian teams are doing everything they can to ruin it. (laughs) This is 1,000% correct. So so my thing is this about COVID. Health-wise, you do what you need to, to do. So, like, if your state or your province says no fans, I'm not going to debate that, but what I am going to debate is this one. So the Jets and Wild were supposed to play on Tuesday, canceled because right now no fans allowed. The um, the Oilers and Wild I think were supposed to play Declan last night, correct? Mm-hmm. No fans, no game. That's ridiculous. Either the game should be played here, move it, or play it with no fans. Like at some point in time, I get the need to have people in the seats. But if your province is going to say, "Ah, yeah, sorry, you can't," you need to play those games. This is ridiculous. This is not a that the fact that they're not playing has nothing to do with the actual health of the patrons. There would be no patrons. It has to do with we're going to make these up when people can watch them live and spend money. Bleep that. Play the games. And and the Jets game should have been played here, Declan. It should have been played here on Tuesday. Move the game. I believe the Bruins and Canadians moved a game from Montreal to Boston. Um, same exact thing. Just move the game. Charge less for tickets. Make it some type of kids' night. I don't know. Family night. Um, but you need to play games. This is ridiculous, and it's it's causing real problems, in my opinion, with the legitimacy of the entire season when you're pulling this crap. Judd wrote this comment. This was this was Judd. I know this was Judd's burner account. He literally wrote this to put in the put in the feedback Friday. I can absolutely okay. tell. And piss myself off. Is that a good suit? Yes. Is that close enough to swear it? I'm pissing myself off. It's uh it, it's frustrating. I get it. I, I as a wild fan, you know, they've only played like, you know, six games over the last six weeks, it feels like. Um and and because of the Canada problem that it, it's it's caused its own issues there. I don't know if Canada should just realign and be their own division again like they were last year. Uh, but it's frustrating. I want to see the Wild play games, too. I do. And then also Team Canada, by the way, is just like loaded with former Wild players. Devin Dubnik is probably going to be the starting goalie for Team Canada at the Olympics, which is hilarious. Eric Stahl's playing a tryout game to get his legs ready for the Olympics. Mm. It's uh, it's quite hilarious what's happening, I guess, in Canada and hockey right now. Amazing. So uh, Judd's burner account coming in there yep. with that, that last question. It's, this is ridiculous, though. Play the, play the games. I don't care if there's fans or not. You can show them on TV. You can always send us feedback through the Score North app. There's just a little feedback tab at the bottom, and the Score North app is the central hub for everything we do here on Mackie and Judd, on Purple Daily, Judd's written work, etc. So thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for all your questions, comments, concerns. We'll see you guys over on Purple Daily.